Welcome to Profit Boss Radio. I'm your host, Hillary Hendershot, certified financial planner and owner of every money mistake you can imagine. I now run a successful financial planning and wealth coaching firm. I'm here to share with you what I learned turning failure into financial freedom. Profit Boss Radio is all about how women like us are authoring our own lives, rewriting the rule book of money and running incredible businesses. If you like this show, hit subscribe, share it with a friend and leave us that five-star review. Are you ready, Profit Boss? Let's do this. Hey, it's Hillary Hendershot. Real quick before we get to the show, I want to share how you can get my comprehensive and virtual wealth coaching course for business owners. Since I started sharing how I multiplied my wealth from more than $500,000 in debt to accumulating over eight figures in wealth through neuroplasticity, changing my brain about money, lots of you have been reaching out to find out how you can do that too. So this podcast is loaded with lots of great financial advice from both myself and my guests, but I'll confess, Profit Boss Radio isn't in Intended to be a comprehensive or done for you system. That's why I decided to create the money blueprint for business owners. If you want one-on-one access to me, plus all my strategies for learning to command and manifest money, plus your own personalized plan for your business and personal finances, conveniently packaged up into a one-year transformational course, visit hillaryhendershot.com forward slash MBP. The link's in the show notes for all the details. Welcome, Profit Boss. With me today is Rob Phelan. He's a high school math and personal finance teacher by day and an author, curriculum writer, and business guide for kids by night. He's the founder of The Simple Startup, which is an online coaching company for 10 to 18-year-old entrepreneurs. And his most recent children's book, M is for Money, is being published for the first time this week. So I love the idea of getting kids started out on the right financial foot. And of course, if you're here, I know you're interested in raising financially empowered kids kids, whether those are the kids you're raising or the kids in your family or community. So I'm giving away free copies of Rob's book. To get your free copy, please go to the show notes for today's episode at hillaryhendershot.com forward slash 191 for all the details. I can't wait to ship you this book for free. We're giving out all the copies I own until they're gone. So first come first serve. And I hope you all end up giving out this book at the kids' birthday parties you attend. Once again, that's hillaryhendershot.com forward slash 191. First, I just want to talk to you about kind of how you got to where you are. You say you started with zero money knowledge that your wife was actually running the money between the two of you. And what happened? Yeah. So um, I look back at my upbringing and there wasn't a ton of like formal money lessons in there. Um, I grew up in New York for the first 10 years of my life. And then my parents moved back to Ireland because they were originally from there. So I spent the next you know part of my formative years in Ireland and then when I moved back here in my early 20s, I just had no clue about money and how it worked, and how, especially the financial system here. So yeah, very naive. And when I met my wife, um, thank goodness, her dad had given her some great money lessons. And she was the financial person in our relationship starting off. And eventually she communicated to me, like, I don't like the pressure of being the person solely responsible for the finances of our relationship and our household. Um, and she asked me, like, will you like go learn about this stuff so we can make decisions together? And that was a big moment for like me to start, like it was the kick up the butt to really go um, learn this stuff and kind of stop coasting on her coattails, which mm-hmm. definitely had been doing up until that point. I was focusing on other areas, like the start of my teaching career. And um, yeah, it was, it was a great um, incentive to go and actually learn. And since then I've realized how passionate I am about 
personal finance and helping other people to learn about money as well. Hmm. So you're a math teacher. So that goes nicely with learning about money. What was the best resource that you used to learn about money? How, how did you go about doing that? So totally self-taught. Um, math is great, I guess, because it's it's a numbers game. There's not a huge amount of like math knowledge that will transfer over. Like I teach a personal finance class to seniors and it's technically a math class. And I'll get kids coming in there every year and they're like, I hate math. I sucked at math. My parents <laughs> were awful at it. And they have all of these negative associations with math. Mm-hmm. And then they think, okay, I'm going to be bad with money as well because of that. And what we realized very early on is actually, you know what? There's very little math skills that are required to be good with money. Um, There is so much help out there now in terms of calculators. There's um, different guides that you can find. And frankly, we make most of the stuff we do automatic anyway. So it's not like you have to be on day-to-day basis, like balancing checkbooks and transferring money in different places or calculating or compound interest. It's all done for you. So it's more of a mindset kind of game rather than a numbers game. Yeah. Okay. So you're self-taught, meaning you read books and blogs, Yeah. just kind of everything you could get your hands on. Okay. And now you've published two books for kids, basically adolescents and kids about money. Mm-hmm. Why did the simple startup come first? So when I think about personal finance, um, entrepreneurship is actually a big part of personal finance for me, because I think the equation for personal finance has got to be earn more, spend less, and then invest the difference better. And earning more, we think about, okay, how do I get a raise at my job? And that's great, but there's always a ceiling to what you can do in a job. And if you start thinking about multiple streams of income or other ways that you can earn money or even working for yourself, you raise that ceiling much higher. And that's something that was really exciting for me. There's no limit to how much money you can make, but there is a limit to how much you can cut out of your life. So for my students, I wanted to teach about entrepreneurship and we do many company projects. So for five weeks, we will start a business They'll run it. They'll make profit from it, hopefully. And um, we'll shut it down after about five or six weeks. And a lot of them will continue doing it in the background because they just like doing it. They like making extra money. And that was the genesis of the simple startup. I was creating these worksheets to kind of act as prompts for the kids so that they would Uh think about their idea generation, their kind of getting everything down on paper. So I don't really buy into business plans, but I love business snapshots. So just a quick brief thing of what your business is going to look like and then start building. And I realized at the end, I've got kind of the makings of a, a big resource here. It's too big for something like Teachers Pay Teachers. So I was like, this is a book. And uh, Chooseify, who I work part-time for in their foundation, they have a publishing branch. And they're like, yeah, absolutely. We'll pick this up. We'll put this out there. So they published The Simple Startup. And uh, that, yeah, that was the start of it. Great. So what, what are some of your proudest win stories coming out of The Simple Startup? I mean, what are some of the businesses kids ran with that, that are exciting? So it's not like anyone is starting the next Apple or Microsoft or like that right now. But like even just last two weeks ago, my wife got an email um, from this little girl. She's nine years old. She was eight when she did the course. And she's like, hi, Mrs. Phelan. Um, I just want to let you know that the Halloween greeting cards are out this year. I had a great time making them. Would you be interested in buying one? And I was just like so proud of her. Like she went back to her existing customers, told them that like, hey, there's asked for a sale. And I was just like, that That for me is such a proud moment that like a little nine-year-old is out there with her greeting car business and she's killing it because she's still doing it. She's getting more and more sales every year and she's chasing customers rather than just kind of waiting for them to pop up. That is awesome. That's more than most entrepreneurs do actually. You should tell her that. Oh, of course. <laughs> it's, it's so hard to go and ask for the sale. Like that's one of yeah. the hardest parts. And this kid is just like very willing to reach out like once or twice a year and say, hey, I got new greeting cards. You ready to buy again? That's awesome. And greeting cards is a big business. 
So you mentioned Choose FI. Your headshot has you wearing a t-shirt that says Choose FI. So it may be in the episode image. So people might be wondering, tell us about Choose FI. What is that? What do you do there? Okay. So Chooseify itself, the company is a podcast that was started by two guys in Richmond, Brad and Jonathan, and they wanted to basically generate information for people about financial independence. Um, is that a term that's very familiar with your listeners? Totally. Okay. We, we yeah. talk about that all wanna... the time. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Perfect. So yeah, financial independence, um, and they wanted to crowdsource all of their information. So they find expert guests, they bring them in. They don't assume that they have any expertise at all, except you know that they can ask good questions mm-hmm. and they let the public basically share their knowledge and expertise. And it was one of my first introductions to financial independence. And I was really excited by that idea. So I followed the podcast for a couple of years and then eventually I reached out to them and said, look, I'm going to make this curriculum for my students that's based more on financial independence than just financial literacy are you interested in teaming up? And they said, yes, which was awesome. So I came on board part-time as a curriculum writer for Chooseify. And I've been there ever since, um, helping to spread financial education to teachers and communities, and then just sort of provide high quality content wherever possible. Yeah, that's awesome. And I really love this idea. I mean, it's not an original idea, but it's original to talk about in many rooms. The idea of raising the ceiling versus just spending less, right? Yes. And living in scarcity. So is Choose a Fi closely associated with the financial independence retire early movement, or do they just teach some of the same things? A lot of the same things. So the FIRE movement, financial independence, retire early is kind of the, the movement. And then Choose a Fi said, you know what? We're really interested in this financial independence idea. You're no longer dependent on your job. Like you don't have to go do it every day. You have enough in your investments that you could stop if you wanted to. Right. But you don't have to. And a lot of people won't. They'll get to that point where they're like, I don't feel like doing this anymore, but now I'm really excited by something else. And the great part is the money doesn't matter. And quite often you'll end up actually making money chasing your passions, but you can never bank on it at the time. So it's just this really exciting thing that generates choices and opportunities. And that's what they really focus on. It's not about hitting that point where you can hit retire and just stop doing everything. They want to help people reach this financial independence point. And have choices. Right. I get it. Okay. So where did you get the idea for M is for money? Let's talk about the kids book. Cause I don't know of any other kids books that really teach them good financial lessons. How'd you get the idea? Um, I had a kid. <laughs> <laughs> it started mattering. We love transition points as humans. Like we, anytime there's a transition point, we're ready for new ideas, new experiences, new things. And having a kid is one of the biggest transition points, I think in anyone's life. It's up there with weddings, moving, um, you know, meeting that first partner, um, getting that first job. It's one of those big points. And for me, it was like, oh, I, I want to be able to teach him to be good with money and be a responsible money manager, particularly when he is going to be in the very privileged position of probably never having to worry about money. Because um, one of the goals of financial independence is that you're going to create a money-making machine that actually should continue to grow after you've passed on um, and you should be able to leave to the next generation. So I'm hoping to be able to leave him like a legacy of you've never really got to worry about money, but I still want you to learn how to handle it and manage it and diving into, well, how do you actually do that? There was, there was some resources out there. There's some great guides for parents, but there wasn't a ton of resources actually aimed at kids. Mm -hmm. And the research shows that by age three, most kids can understand basic money concepts. So I was like, okay, I want to create something that targets that age group. My son is two now. He'll be three next summer. And I wanted something that was kind of ready for him when he was going to hit that age. And we could start talking about just money words and what are we doing when we go to work? Uh, What does it mean to buy something? How do you save? 
all that stuff that we should have learned as kids that a lot of us didn't. Hillary here with a quick timeout to tell you how we can work together to improve and even make your financial life 100% organized and hassle-free. As a listener, you probably know my story. I made every money mistake in the book until I finally figured out the power of learning how to change my brain, including my beliefs about money. This allowed me to multiply my wealth to over eight figures. And since then, I've created a done-for-you comprehensive course to teach other business owners exactly how I did it. I've also been a wealth and financial advisor to women and couples for more than 20 years now. If you think we may be a great fit to work together, go to hillaryhendershot.com and just start a conversation. We provide fee-only fiduciary advice to our clients, which means our clients never ever pay commissions. And we do only what's in your best interest, just like it's supposed to be for all financial advisors. If you want to see how my team and I measure up as financial advisors, check out our Yelp reviews at hillaryhendershot.com forward slash Yelp. All right, let's get back to the show. I noticed, and obviously doing what I do, I try to talk to my daughter about money. I would say probably more than most, but I notice how many times I put down that credit card and spend money without her ever even realizing what I'm doing, right? Because it's all invisible to her. And so if yes. I'm not articulating it, if I'm not saying, look at the dollar amount on this restaurant bill, right? Look how much I tipped. That's my money. I'm changing my money for this meal for you, right? She has no idea. So these things can just go on in the background without them ever being described or internalized by kids. So the book itself, would you describe it as a glossary of terms? So it's an ABC's book. Um, and you know, parents, you've seen ABC's books. I'm sure if you're not a parent, you'll find them somewhere eventually. But um, each page has like A is for, and then the word is allowance. Um, it has a, a very kind of layman's term definition of what an allowance is. And mm -hmm. then there's a mini story that goes with an illustration that shows an allowance in action. So the book is going to grow with your kids. At three years old, they're just recognizing the letter A and they're happy to have someone read them the story. As they get older, the definition starts becoming more important. Um, you start looking for other things in the illustration that would describe maybe how money is being used or positive relationships with money. And there's also essential characters, Stash the Squirrel, who pops up on every page and asks the kids a question. So the adult reader would pose this question to the kids, like, if you got an allowance, what would you do with it? And you know, as kids get older, those, those answers should become more and more developed. And it's just get them to think about these things because maybe they never get challenged in that way um, otherwise. Yeah. I gave my daughter $5 bill from, from the tooth fairy, the tooth fairy for mm -hmm. her first tooth. And the thing just sits on her, that just sits on her dresser. She has no idea what to do with it. She has no, it's just, just like, that's my five. Okay. So next year when she's six, maybe I'll teach her how to spend a $5 bill. So, um, and then are you actually one of the voices in the audible version? Cause I listened to that today. It's great. No, I was really fortunate. Um, there was a guy named Dale Roberts who is a podcaster and helps other authors um, produce their books and audiobooks. And he took me on as a project to show his audience, like, here's how you turn a book into an audiobook. So we did this whole series, and it's actually going to be published very soon, probably by the time this podcast comes out. And um, I'll share it with you for show notes or anything like that. Right. And it walks, you know, any author through, here's how you turn it into an audiobook. And we, um, went on to Fiverr. We found some voice um, over people and we let three of them take a shot at the book. We picked our favorite. Um, so the person narrating the book is Brad and he actually does both voices. He does the narrator and the squirrel. Um, so 
he's like a kid's voice artist. Yeah. Cause I was sure it was two people. Well, that's really great. And if you're listening, you can download the audible version. It's a fairly low cost. Just, I think it was just $3 today. So what are you most excited about, about this book? What do you think are the prospects or what, what's the thing that's most exciting for you about publishing this book? I guess what I'm really excited about is as people have started getting it. So I did a Kickstarter. Um, and for anyone who's not aware of what Kickstarter is, it's a crowdfunding platform where you can go in with an idea and you can tell people about this idea and then they can come in and back it. So they can basically you pre-sell the product or the service, whatever it is. They commit money, they pledge money to it. If you reach your goal, everyone's credit cards get charged and you now have a pot of money to bring your idea to life. So for M's for Money, I wanted to make sure that people actually wanted this book before I went to the trouble of trying to print it and be that person stuck with 2000 copies of a book that will never move. And what I was really excited about was that there was high demand very quickly. So I reached my funding goal in the first seven days. And then by the end of the campaign, I had more than doubled my goal. So I was like, okay, people want this. And I got my backers their books in the last couple of weeks. And I'm starting to get that feedback from them now. Like, oh, my kid really loves this. My kid pointed to a sign in the store today. And it's like, oh, that's what it costs. And I was like, yes, like, that's what we want. We want just like these little, almost insignificant stories that like your kid is starting to recognize money stuff in their life around them. And just by doing that, they're going to start thinking about it and having conversations about it. And parents or guardians or teachers are just well-placed now to like foster it. Like just kind of like get that fire to burn a little bit more, just tend to it. You don't have to do anything special. You don't have to be a teacher. You don't have to be like this all knower of money things. Like you just have to kind of encourage kids to think about it, play it out. And they will on their own develop a great, healthy relationship with money. Yeah, I pre-ordered 10 copies. I'm gonna give them, I'm gonna give them out at all the kids' birthday parties I get invited to. I'm gonna be that that lady. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. At least what you see is what you get. It's like this, of course I would give you this. It's on brand, yep. (laughs) (laughs) So you know, and I actually did want to ask you about your Kickstarter. What do you have any tips for people to do a successful Kickstarter besides obviously have a great idea that people are voracious for? Um, anything you think led to your success there? Unfortunately, the idea is not even the most important thing. And we hear that with businesses all the time. It's less less so about the idea, more about the approach you take. And it does come down to a lot of marketing. Um, so first thing I did was I reached out to someone who had already run a successful Kickstarter, and that was Tiffany Aliche. So she has a wonderful kids book as well called Molly Moore. And so I looked for someone who was doing something similar to what I wanted to do. And I reached out and was like, hey, love what you did with your book. I saw you did a Kickstarter. Can you, do you have any tips for me? And she was like, I read this book, I did these marketing techniques, and then I, I pressed play and let it go. So the book was called Kickstarter Launch Formula. It was a very simple, low-cost book on Amazon. It just walked me through the steps of, okay, you know, you want to think about the story that you're telling people. It's very much about the story. Um, so how your idea came about, how it's going to solve a problem for people, why they need it, all the things that we should be thinking about as business owners, or even like if you're applying for a job, like why, why does the employer need you? Mm-hmm. All those kind of marketing skills that I know you've been developing on this podcast for a while. Yeah. Marketing is its own animal. Well, I hope that you're teaching yes. the kids in your startup course about uh, how to run a successful Kickstarter. They, they'd probably be great video participants for you. Okay. So uh, let's see. Everyone who's listening, definitely run out today and grab a copy of M is for Money. Get them for all the kids. They fit in stockings, maybe use them as stocking stuffers. Um, but we've got to start teaching our kids about money. Rob, is there anything I didn't ask about today? No. Um, if you're interested in like your 
young child at home, so 10 to 18 year old becoming an entrepreneur. So maybe they're showing some signs of wanting to earn more money and they're maybe not old enough yet to get a part-time job. Or a lot of us are just not cut out for part-time jobs. We don't like the rigidity of the, of the schedule. We don't like having a boss or working for minimum wage. If you're seeing a kid who's showing those sorts of tendencies, um, I run a course called The Simple Startup and I just guide young entrepreneurs through the steps and coming up with an idea and then turning it into a business as fast as possible and for as low cost as possible. So just like I did with my book, that was me doing an exercise and here's how you produce a book for free. So I didn't put any of my own money into it. It's all done through Kickstarter. So I pre-sold everything and then was able to use that money to bring the idea to life. And that's something I'm constantly trying to talk to my kids about is don't put your own money into it or very limited amount and then grow that idea based on what your customers want. Great And uh, you can find more information about that at thesimplestartup.com. When we'll link to that in the show notes for today's episode, Profit Boss Radio, episode 191. I hope you're still offering this entrepreneurship course in five years. My daughter will be 10 and I'm putting her in it. So thanks I for joining so. us today. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much, Hillary. I really appreciate being on with you and your guest and um, your audience. As we wrap things up here for today, I need to review with you the things I have to disclose as a fiduciary financial advisor offering wealth management services through my firm, Hendershot Wealth Management, LLC. You should know that the opinions I express on Profit Boss Radio are my own and they can change. The content I provide in the show is for general education. It's not intended as specific investment advice, nor do I recommend any specific financial products. Unlike how I roll at home with my husband, I can't guarantee that my statements, opinions, or forecasts are always 100% right. Of course, I wish I could peek into that proverbial crystal ball, but so far, I haven't found it. Past performance is not indicative of future results. I talk a lot about indexes, and I want you to know you can't actually buy an index because, of course, when you take a list of companies and create a product that allows people to invest in those companies, there are fees and expenses involved that reduce returns. Remember, all investing involves risk, which as you know, means you could lose your money. And I have to tell you that there is no guarantee that any investment plan or strategy will be successful. And that should keep my lawyers happy. Have a great day.